Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes, you'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Ooh. Now, welcome back to QAV, Tony Kynaston, and uh, as I believe it, you were supposed to be back in Sydney this week, but uh, you're not. You're scared off by the coronavirus cluster, I assume. No, not scared off. We're just enjoying the golf and the weather on the Gold Coast, and we've got a fantastic apartment too in Broadbeach, which is really hard to leave. But uh, once we cross <laughs> the border, we can't come back. That's the issue for yeah. us. I, I didn't. Maybe my phone's not working, but I didn't. Rem- I don't remember getting a message saying, "Come down, hang out in the Gold Coast. I'll teach you to play golf." Uh, just I don't know what happened to that. Maybe we've got. Maybe you've lost my number. I'm not sure what happened there, but uh, oh, oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get it. No, no. Hey, Cam, staying in the Gold Coast for an extra week. Love for you to come down, hang out, play some golf, enjoy the weather. No. I didn't didn't get that. No, it's a shame. Yeah, I, I hear I hear Australia Australia Post is pretty slow at the moment because of the COVID lockdown in Victoria. <laughs> oh, you sent it by mail, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure it will turn up at some point. Wow. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I should have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. So the golfing's good, uh, dining's good. Uh, mm-hmm. What else have you been doing in the Gold Coast? Strip clubs? No, no. no. Walking on the beach, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's about it. Put a nice okay. bottle of wine at night. And have you been uh, <laughs> reading the reports? Have you been focusing on the portfolio side of things, Tony, or too busy golfing without yeah. me? No, no. No, just doing, just doing like a, well, not even an hour a day probably on it. Doing a download right. and checking things. Uh, there's been a yeah. couple of com- good companies I've focused on, like Credit Corp and uh, Nick Scarly, the companies I've owned in the past. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're not on our QAV watch list at the moment or buy list at the moment, uh, even though the right. results weren't too bad. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think I posted a couple of stock journals about a few that have come on. Um, and I guess more importantly, those which were already on that have reported, like Corvest. And just to 
just to highlight that for anyone who's following those companies on the watch list, that uh, they need to look at the column which has the latest uh, results date in it and look for right. ones which have uh, June 20. And if, if uh, you've got some June 20s June on the buy list, then 20. go back and add... Right. Yeah, go back and add the manually entered scores again because they may have changed. Right. So Corvairs, for example, was on the buy list before it reported and on the buy list after it reported. But if you didn't pick up the it had reported, you'd have the wrong manually entered data in there. Right. Okay. So we've got to be careful and check that. Yeah. And as always, before you buy something on the buy list, make sure you've gone through and checked everything or double-checked everything. Before we get too far into that, I wanted to start off by talking about our end-of-month report that I did Mm -hmm. uh, late last week for the QAV portfolio. Spent a lot of time trying to get the numbers to add up. Uh, Had to do a whole bunch of mark-to-markets that hadn't been done previously, etc., etc. Look, I'm, I'm half convinced that I've got this right, but... Yeah, then again, uh, yeah. <laughs> I could have made a mistake. Well, anyway, according to my month-end report, as it currently stands, uh, and I want to just point out that there is a qualified audit on this in that <laughs> I have said I'm not qualified to audit it, but uh, we are <laughs> our portfolio is currently up uh, 12.53% over the first 11 months and the All Ordinaries Total Return Index is down, was down 6.74% as of the end of July. Um, yeah, I don't think that's quite right, Cam. Right. I'm just looking. I'm just it, looking uh, it might be, sorry, it might be. Um, I've just gone onto the website and you don't have the, or, uh, we've got June we're looking at, aren't we? Are you talking about uh, which month, the end of July? Yeah. Yeah. So on the website, you've got 8.5% is the portfolio performance. What website are you looking at? Our website. You're looking at the dummy portfolio the in Google Sheets? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. You're clicking on things. No, no, that's that's for the month, Tony. That's not cumulative. Okay. That's for the month. Okay. So if you look okay. down here, look at uh, B20. Yep. So B20 is, as you can see... Yep, no, you're uh, right, that's I'm right. Using, I'm using B4 and C14 mm-hmm. to calculate the growth rate. You mm-hmm. No, you're right, that's right. I've got it, yep. Okay, so up 12.5, XAOA down 6.7. If So uh, if we're, you know, our goal is to do double the X, the, the All Lords uh, performance... So uh, I assume the double would be like positive six point seven four percent. We're actually twelve point five. So we're doing we're doing three times as well as the uh, all odds right now. Yeah. So just before we leave that, that's you've got twelve point five. Was it twelve point five percent there? But on the front page, dummy portfolio in G two, which was our growth since September nineteen, you've got eight point six percent there. Yeah. Well, so what, shouldn't they be the same? Well, y- yes, in theory they should be the same, but uh, they're not. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, I'm probably not going to be able to audit this before I get back, but I'll do it next week and and try and reconcile those two things. Well, before you do that, uh, somebody in the Facebook group said, why don't you just put it all in the Stock Doctor's portfolio tool? And so I did that. I spent an entire day uh, transferring all of our transactions from day dot over to um, Stock Doctor. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't like what it's telling me either. It's, it's, it's not making a lot of sense. It's okay. telling me the current value of the portfolio, portfolio is $20,222, which is a couple of thousand dollars less than yeah. it should be. So um, okay. I don't know. I'm, I don't know what I'm missing there. I'm going to have to go through and audit that as well. Anywho... I, Let me look I'm at the spreadsheet. To do it. No, I'll do it. I'll, look, I'll do it next week. But okay. I think at this stage we'll use, let's use the lower number, 8.6%, just to be safe. Uh, okay. Well. Anyway, so we're doing, a, either way, we're doing OK yeah. versus the XAOA. Yeah, Assuming absolutely. I've got that number right, <laughs> that's yeah. the easy one to calculate. <laughs> well, I reconciled that last month and it was right, so, yeah, I think that's probably right. Right. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's easy. I just download the spreadsheet and uh, pick the last number on it. It's not... Not as yeah. convoluted. Anyway, bottom line being, um, yeah, our, our portfolio's really uh, done well in the last couple of months versus your lords. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Hmm. And we've got a couple of weeks left to go. Three weeks left to go before we get to uh, the twelve-month mark. And um, you know, I'm confident. Unless you know everything goes belly up for the next couple of weeks, it looks like we will. <laughs> finish the year having done well versus the All Lords. Yes, I would think so. But you, you never know. <laughs> you never know. We do not forecast. Who we the do fuck not forecast. We're still, no. we're still only partway through company reporting season yet too, so that could be a game changer, but who knows? Mm, I, I, I added a quote from uh, Ray Dalio, you know, newsletter on Friday reading his book called Principles um, and I got a quote uh, from him somewhere might have been another book but he says uh, something about people who look into crystal balls end up sitting on smashed glass or something to that effect (laughs) (laughs) yeah good quote yeah very apt okay so um, Performance is doing good. Let's look at... Do you want to go to the questions? Did you get my questions? I emailed you last night. Yes, thank you. Sorry, they were a bit late. Uh, Mark That's H. Right. Mark says, Hi, Cam. Would you mind discussing with Tony his other buy strategy, most undervalued ASX20 stock? Obviously, there's always a most undervalued ASX20 stock. Question is, when do you use that strategy? And is it combined with another, e.g. the three-point trendline buy signal? Hasn't come up for a while, but Tony noted that he bought CSL that way. When did he buy CSL? And what was its QAV score and 3PTL analysis at the time? Now, I think you've said before that this undervalued ASX20 stock is one of your challenger strategies, and it's something I think that you recommend as part of the investment ladder. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so the, that, that strategy is uh, once the companies have reported, so at the end of reporting season, and we have the, um, the new numbers for the ASX top 20, I look at the gap between the share price, the current share price, and our calculated future IV, and whichever share has the highest gap, in other words, is the most undervalued based on next year's earnings, 
is the one I buy. Um, I, I do look at the three-point trend line, so I wouldn't buy it if it was going down. I'll just buy it if it's uh, got a positive buy line. As for CSL, I bought that, I'm going to say it was three years ago, and uh, it was definitely on an uptrend when I bought it. As for the QAB score for CSL, it would have been very poor because CSL's you know, usually on a P of about 50. Was it because of uh, Rudy? Did Rudy convince you to buy it at the time? I hadn't even heard of Rudy back then. <laughs> so, no. So, that wasn't Rudy? Yeah. It wasn't Rudy, Mr. no. Mr. CSL. I think he's got CSL tattooed on his left butt cheek, Rudy. He loves CSL so much. <laughs> He's obviously uh, done well out of it, as I'm sure you have. Yeah. You've done well out of CSL, yeah. I imagine. Yes, that's right. It's had a good few years. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the bottom line is, uh, after reporting season, you run a QAV analysis over the top 20 and take the most undervalued according to its future IV, um, as long as it's not breach, hasn't breached the, the, the three-point trend line, it's still in buy territory, then you always buy that or do you just do that occasionally or do you always add that to your portfolio? Oh, no, I try and buy it. It just depends whether I've um, got spare cash. I wouldn't necessarily sell something to buy it, but, yeah, that will become, I guess, the next stock I buy, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, right. So it'll it'll be part of your 20. Yes, that's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, it'll be the next stock you buy, even if its score isn't as high as another company's score? Correct. I'm not scoring these companies using the QIV method. All I'm looking at is the future IV and the gap between that right. and the share price. Yeah. So you don't even have to run the whole QIV process for those stocks. You just have to look at earnings per share over the hurdle rate for next year's forecast earnings. Right. Mm. And uh, uh, historically, outside of CSL that we know has done very well, how I think you've said before that they tend to perform yeah, good. well. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I must admit, I haven't uh, tracked it. I haven't tracked it over time, but it generally does as well as the other side of the portfolio. So uh, the ones I bought in the past have been Macquarie Bank, which did well, or Macquarie Group, it's now called CSL, and. Uh, well, going back, you know, maybe five years or so, when the banks were still uh, doing well, I, I owned some of the I owned a bank stock, uh, and then like I think it was CBA from memory, and before that Telstra, when it was down to a dollar, um, and it rose all the way to five dollars before it started having problems again. And I just uh, right. that's the other side of the story, I guess, is I wait until they become a sell on the three point trend line before selling them. Right. Mm. Okay, but if they if they don't have a track record of outperforming your other QAV stocks dramatically, mm-hmm. um, why bother? Why not just it, do you, your normal thing? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I guess, I guess, I, uh, why bother? Because I'm running it in parallel still, so maybe like, I've been doing it now for quite a while. So, uh, and it hasn't. It hasn't overtaken the QAV side of things, so you could drop it. But it, given that it's giving a similar sort of performance, I just keep doing it. Um, it's it's also, I don't think, a bad thing to have a top twenty stock in the portfolio as well. Um, hmm. Just just to uh, just to give it a bit of um, oh, I'm trying to get the right wording here, uh, a, a large market cap stock in the portfolio. 
something um, to talk about at parties? <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to say diversify the portfolio because that's not the point, um, or to say it's uh, I'm buying it just because it's a large market cap. But uh, I, I probably are still doing it for interest. I'm, you know, still still curious one day if they will outperform the QAB portfolio. You're just bored. I can hear it in your voice. You're just like, oh, listen. I just gotta, I gotta do something. I got nothing to do. Horses. Yeah, well, you were telling me before we recorded that you're even gambling on who's winning the US Masters or something. US PGA. Yeah, yeah. We have a. Well, actually, we have two tipping comps. One, one in Australia and with amongst my friends, and one in Canada amongst my old friends. Yeah, and I, right. I was fortunate and- enough to win it this year. Yeah, and you had a checklist. Yeah. Well, you, you you were looking at their uh, future IVs. <laughs> these guys uh, are they all masked up over there? Are they playing with a mask on? They're not playing with a mask on, but uh, there's no crowds and there's pretty strict protocols in place, and the the marshals and the staff there are all wearing masks. They have to mask up when they finish wow. playing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, hey, bef- before we get on with questions, uh, we we haven't done a show since we had the Brisbane dinner thought we mm. should just talk briefly about that our very first Queensland QAV dinner uh, was a great night at a hoot it was it was good yeah yeah I like your suggestion too that we do something less formal next time so we can actually mingle a bit more and and uh, talk to everyone like I spoke to most people which was good uh, yeah but that yeah, was, was, a that was the only downside it was yeah. so yeah, and it was it was so much bigger, and the restrictions, you know, the the COVID restrictions are such that we're not allowed, we weren't allowed to stand up and mingle, yes. uh, even at the bar area. So a lot of sitting down, a lot of distance, too much distance. So yeah, I think next time uh, we'll try and do something. Uh, if we're going to get big numbers like that, we'll we'll try and do it in a little bit more of a casual environment. Like I'm suggesting. A backyard barbecue. Um, I, not that I'm suggesting Steve Mab uh, invite us to his place. I've been waiting for him to suggest it. He hasn't yet, but you know, I don't want to throw Steve under a bus. But if Steve were to say, you know, let's do it at my place next time, that would be great. You know, I think that would be perfect. But like, no pressure, Steve. Um, we can we can do it in my backyard. Um, we'll all have to yeah. fit into two meters. Bo- one metre by one metre little space, but it'll be good. It'll be cosy. You've got um, a big deck. Oh, You've come on, Tony. Keep, it, keep it clean. Keep it clean, Tony. A big deck. Deck. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Oh, I see what you're and Fox can run around and serve service canapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah, okay, we'll do it at my place then if we don't get a bit of Um... <laughs> Anyway, thanks to everyone who came along uh, to the Brisbane dinner. Just a great bunch of people, diverse range of backgrounds. You know, a guy who runs a mining exploration company, Mark, um, Truckee, and uh, a a lady who uh, shoots arrows riding backwards on a horse. Um, (laughs) Who else (laughs) do we have? Uh, uh, Retired business people. Um, uh, well, I'm forgetting people, but there's a whole range yeah. of uh, great, great people, cabinet a whole range maker. of backgrounds, all cute. Greenskeeper, cabinet maker, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, Pete, yeah, yeah. Well, just a uh, great range of um, backgrounds and professions. Everyone trying to uh, be better investors is great. 
Yeah, it was. I'm always impressed by the, the quality of our listeners. Good food at Moo Moo. Good, yeah. uh, really good food. Good, steak. good service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, really good. Good, good vino. Mm. Anyway, enough of that. All right, next question. This is Justin. Uh, hi, Cameron. Have a few questions about ATS. Recently, this stock has become a Schrodinger. I know this is no a no deal for a new purchase, but does this signal a sell? The annual report for ATS ends in December. Recently, I've noticed the future EPS has been updated on Stock Doctor. The December 20 EPS looks good, but the December 21 predicts a negative EPS. Would this be considered a sell due to negative future financials? I'm a little confused as to how far in advance you would look for future financials, as FYR 21 for the oil industry is quite unknown at this time. On my checklist... ATS currently still scores a buy. I'm going to open it up in the old stock doctor. If it's a Schrodinger, I'm assuming it's, uh, you know, breached its sell line. Yeah, it looks like it's a buy and a sell at the same time. So, um, and you know, prior to its low point, which uh, was March, it was... uh, dropping off dramatically from a high of 54 cents down to a low of 1.4 cents. So huge reduction. Uh, And now it's kind of bouncing along sideways. So I think it's probably going to be a falling knife. Uh, It does, I mean, it has breached the buy line. If you take the the line from the high point through the the peaks on the way down. But if you take the, then if you take the low point and the next lowest point, um, it's breaching the sell line at the same time so yeah. i think it's a falling knife yeah. yeah so we wouldn't buy it no so in our manually entered data we'd be putting it in as a no so it wouldn't get to our buy list and in terms of the question about the outlook uh i'm not going to worry about negative projections down the track because that's you know predictions and things may change dramatically between now and then that was the question right. yeah right yeah, so questions. I'm just rereading Justin's question. So he's talking about how far do you look, how far in advance do you look for future financials? I guess to desire to pick a future EPS, it's always the next uh, year, isn't next it? Half. That's the yeah. one you take. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's the next half if we get that, but the next year otherwise. Yeah, we do go into share analysis. We do go into share analysis though and look at and see if they've got projections for the RIV and whether that trends up or down. So it does come into our score uh, through that number, I guess. But um, I'm not really worried about long-term future projections. They're, they're pretty much garbage. <laughs> Speaking of share analysis, uh, I, I found it working again the other day with my free trial. Oh, good. It was still active for some reason. Oh, maybe it's... <laughs> yeah, they've. Well, I'm just trying to log in now. Yeah. Working again now, too. So if you had a free trial with share analysis in the past, apparently, uh, unless they've given me a special thing, um, it's still still a goer. So there you go. Share analysis, if you've given up on it like I have, uh, currently working again for some reason. But for ATS, it's not giving us any forward projections for their IV, so we can't score that part of it. Well, it's got one cent for December 20, which seems to be the same as what they had for December 2019. For earnings per share, is that what you're looking at? Uh, the IV line. So if you go, yeah, so if you go back to... Oh, the value per price, yeah. Market price. Oh, uh, market yeah. price versus intrinsic, intrinsic value. value. 
two cents they had yeah. up until uh, yeah. what's that? Up until December nineteen, yeah. And then nothing after yeah, nothing that. Nothing for intrinsic value, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so if if you owned ATS, you would have sold it because it's breached its sell line, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. Yeah. The fact that it's a Schrodinger is neither here nor there. Well, uh, it, no, well, yes and no. So it's it's also breached its buy line. So it's you know if you look at the line, if we drew lines on the on the chart, uh, the buy it's above the buy line, the buy price, which I'll just quickly work out. It's going to be quite low. What what are you using as your second peak? Yeah, I'm going to use one of those ones on the right there. So uh, let me have a look. April. Ooh, um, I'm thinking January 20, perhaps, or even there's a peak that goes, it actually goes back a bit further than that, back to July 19. That sort of is the, if you draw a line down, that that goes through that number as well as January. So you're getting a buy price um, around 2.7 cents. Hold on, July 19, you're considering that a peak? Yeah. Really? Yep. Why is it a peak? It looks like it's part of a decline to me not not a peak i thought a peak was a pointy a pointy thing that's not a pointy thing that's on a on a slope midway on a slope yeah true um but it's it's the point pitch differently no i'm i'm it's a fudge (laughs) (laughs) fudge peak oh no the peak fudge (laughs) it's um if i draw so the peak i would probably use and if you want to use a peak is January 20, but if I line up the high, highest point and January 20, can you see how the line, the curve is actually rising a bit above that? Do you have your ruler out? I do. What You're starting with um, starting July with 18. The, and, yep. And, going and the rightmost peak. Yes. Yeah, that curve goes above it. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I, was calling, I was calling that a peak. Because it went above it. Oh, uh, I wouldn't. I oh, see. I wouldn't have even called January twentieth peak because it's mm-hmm. not really peakish. Well, which peak do you use? Then? That's that's the biggest peak know. on the on the graph. Yes. Well, I would have. That's why I would have gone to April nineteen. That looks to me like the last real peak. But um, anyway, that's not even really a peak either, though, is it? Yeah. March 19 was, it closed at 24 cents. April, it closed at 29 cents and then it fell back to 24 cents. Oh, sorry. Gotcha. April 19, yeah. But if you use that, then you've got the graph going to the right of it. It's a Schrodinger. See how. Okay, let's start again. So you're right. If you use that. The lot. If you use that, if you use that April 19 peak, okay, um, then. You would have probably tried to buy it in June 19 because that's when it uh, went to the right of the buy line. But then you've got a sell line also going through around there as well. So then you move on to the – so you've had a buy and a sell. You move on to the next buy. Yeah, right. And you keep sort of doing – it's a falling falling knife, so you're doing that all the way down. So so the short circuit it. if you Sorry. do draw a line through those two points, mm-hmm. it's interesting how the lows track it yeah. um, almost perfectly. So uh, October 19 hits it and then bounces back. December 19 hits it and bounces back. 
and uh, March 20 almost hits it and then bounces back. So it is an indicator of something. Well, yeah, I think it's probably just a falling knife, isn't it? It's trying to yeah, trying well, it to bounce up, but it's bounce. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps hitting that line and just bouncing up. Okay, so sorry. So okay, so January twenty. Uh, no, what did you say? Uh, June sixteenth. Uh, let me just draw it again. No, I think it's July. In terms of the byline, yeah, July it's uh, yeah. July nineteen at twenty four and a half cents. Yeah. So it crosses. So the buy price comes in at around. I don't know, 20, 27 cents? Uh, no, 2.7 cents. Sorry, 2.7 cents. Yeah, 0. 0. in April. It's currently at 0.029. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the sell, the sell line then, there's a sell price of quite a bit higher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, sort of 32, 30, I don't know, something. Well, the sell the sell line the sell line I'm drawing is from March 2020. Um, the next what's the yeah. next lowest? We've got April at two seven, and we've got June at two six. Yeah, so then that yeah you're right that line comes in around three three cents somewhere probably. Actually, this graph is pretty steep on the y-axis, so I think it's about thirty eight point oh three eight. But anyway, yeah. So if if you if you held it, if you did own it, you would sell it, even though it's mm -hmm. a Schrodinger. Okay. I would, yes, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I think Good I think it's going to well. Who knows? Until we get a clear breakout, it's it's probably going to keep falling. The peak fudge. There's my title. The peak fudge. For this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Justin. I hope that helps. Uh, last question this week is from. Uh, Dale down in Melbourne. Could you possibly give me your thoughts on three-point trendline buy and sell trendlines for the following companies just to see if the way I'm calculating them is on the right track? The ones I have a bit of an issue with are the ones trending upward, particularly like FMG. So the first one he's got, though, is KCN. KCN Sunshine Band get down get down get down get down okay enough of that uh let's see where are we here <laughs> kingsgate consolidated uh three-point trend line coming up oh oh well look at that yeah so well lots of buys and sells along the way but the lowest point is january 19 so you know i'll be looking for peaks to the right of that so or a line to the right of that anyway so rather than sort of go through all the peaks and troughs i'd be using uh september 15 as the high point at 72 cents and then november 17 at 42 and a half cents and drawing a line through those and that would make it wait, a buy wait, or... wait 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 what what what's your first point uh, first point, the highest point on the graph is September 15, 72 cents. <laughs> Sorry, my graph, my, my, my five-year monthly isn't showing me five years. Oh, look at that. Yeah, sorry, my cut, my graph was cutting out in 2017 on the left. Okay, I'm with you now. Good. Oh, yeah, look at that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one, and, point one, point two is what? Well, July 2020. I'm going to short circuit it and say November 2017. 
but you could use July 2020 because it's it's a this is a bit of a falling knife up until the low point of January 2019. So I'm looking for a byline that's yeah. going to come after that. Right. So I go. I'm going through. Again, this is a short circuit. We can go through every sort of peak and trough along the way, buy and sell line. We're going to have a lot. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, if you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, you get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. So, And also uh, we get a, a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it so check that out qavpodcast.com.au but as i said if you're brand new and you want to you're trying to figure out what's going on go back and listen to season three episodes one three and five 301 303 and 305 and then you might also want to go back and listen to season one as well all of the free episodes in season one where we go into a lot of detail about tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, the other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or a tax advisor. Uh, with that, stay safe, good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week.